Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, listeners, manifestors, non-manifestors, people enthused and in love with manifestors, whoever you are. Welcome to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Uh, We're already at episode five of this season for the year, which means we're nearly halfway through and that's wild. I always find myself a little bit surprised at the speed of my own energy as a manifester. <laughs> it becomes a bit of a normalized thing for us to move really quickly and, and to just think that that's the pace. And I've also witnessed this amongst manifesting generators, which is really cool, that manifested, manifesting generators move at this extraordinary pace consistently, right? Like almost all the time. And they, over time, begin to think that that's completely normal. And they wonder why people can't keep up with them. Um, And we all kind of stare at them scratching our heads like, that's not how fast the rest of the world goes. We can't sustain that. Um, But as manifestors, we certainly have a similar quality within ourselves that when we are in a creative cycle or when we are building and initiating something, we move so fast and with such intensity and focus that things get built in a really short space of time. It's just that then we go into long periods of rest. So we have this sort of extreme rhythm within our energy that that a lot of other people don't experience. Um, and I find myself every now and then just getting a bit baffled at, at like, oh, I, this is something that I started, you know, last week. How is it? <laughs> how is it halfway through already? Or how am I almost complete with this already? <laughs> Which, Anyway, just observing myself as a weird little manifester. So today um, we're going to continue on with talking through some of the basics aspects like Manifestodom 101, going over some of these key elements of being a manifester and looking at them a bit deeper, doing a bit of a refresher, having just a, a kind of new conversation about them. And I want to address manifestors and responding responding as a manifester. I mean, is there anything worse than doing that? Um, But there's a twist in today's podcast episode. And I want you to right now, before we even dive anywhere into the episode, I want you to just be open-minded about stepping out of this very black and white feeling that we have or or these black and white stories that we've been told about uh, not being responsive at all as a manifest and start opening your mind up if you can to seeing that in a slightly different way that maybe there are spaces in which we are responding in really healthy and really healing and really powerful ways for us that in fact responding in the right way and at the right time in the right places I guess 
is something that helps us further our impact as manifestors. So drop in that little juicy carrot before we dive in. <laughs> so manifestors and responding. Manifestors and responding. It It's like two completely oppositional things, right? And I think that this is one of those quirky things that as manifestors, we know before we know, right? We, we know that we hate responding before we even know that we're manifestors. Like we don't need human design to tell us as individuals that we hate answering questions, that we hate conforming to processes and procedures, um, that we hate the demand on things like social media and emails and even the structure of work because it's all responding. It's all being uh, instigated by someone else, I guess initiated by someone else, and that puts us in the response position. So this is this is so intrinsic to us that it may as well be fabricated into our DNA. I swear, if like genetic scientists were able to look for qualities that we discuss in human design in genetic codons, like <laughs> this, this would be like a beacon, uh, a red shining flashing light in the manifested DNA strands. We are just not built to respond. And this is partly because we are non-sacral. So we share this quality with our beautiful projectors and also with our beautiful reflectors as people who are non-sacral, which means that we don't have a defined sacral center. Our sacral beings are our generators and our manifesting generators because they have a defined sacral center. And the primary functions of the sacral center are, you guessed it, responding, producing, and creating. There's a lot of like sexual identity as well that is is um, kind of wrapped up in the sacral center. There's a lot of like reproduction that is driven through the sacral center. The sacral center even has some aspects of focus as well. But the primary role of the sacral center is all about responding. So if we look at some of the, even the original teachings about generators and, and manifesting generators, bring them in there as well as our sacral beings, then we see that these are people who are designed to only function in response, right? There's actually some, some pretty funny quotes out there from Ra about this, that like the generator doesn't actually exist unless somebody else exists around them that they don't exist unless they are responding and of course the extreme conditioning that they experience means that that's the one thing that they've stopped doing they've stopped responding to what uh, lights them up they've stopped responding to what brings them satisfaction they've moved into obligation and um, this sort of industrial productivity that they should quote unquote, should have the ability to be able to just work, 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 work instead of responding to life. So there is still autonomy for them in the responsive programming. It still needs to be done in a healthy way. And I think that we're quite disparaging in the way that we speak about sacral beings, like, oh, like, oh, you, you just respond. It's so easy for you to respond. <laughs> well, no, they experience their own conditioning just like we do. As non-sacral beings, though, we have an undefined or even in some cases a completely open sacral center, which means we have an utterly inconsistent access to responding. 
the more activity that you've got going on in your sacral center, the more you're going to be able to kind of integrate yourself into the responsive nature of society. And the reason that we have a really responsive society is because, you guessed it, our sacral beings um, represent about 70% of society. So the vast majority of people around us are sacral beings who, even though they, you know, they may be conditioned to um, respond to things that are out of obligation, that are all about the shoulds and the you have tos and the do this and you'll be satisfied later on, instead of actually responding to, to what is good for them. Even though that's all the conditioning that they face, we still have this social fabric, all of these social um, processes, industries, uh, protocols, expectations, values, all of these things that, that wrap up our society are in fact largely built on being a sacral being, meaning that you have consistent access to respond. You have consistent access to produce. Enter the non-sacrals. <laughs> At 30% of society, we are the minority we don't have consistent access to this. And so this is why we see as non-sacrals who are trying to keep up in society. Like we talk a lot about this in human design, that as non-sacrals, when we're trying to keep up, you know, it's really unhealthy for us, we end up getting burnt out. But I don't think that it's necessarily about the speed at which society moves or about the consistency of work, you know, that society moves in because I have seen projectors work beautifully in environments where they are consistently working day after day. I've even seen manifestors do that. It, even me myself, I can I can work in a very consistent work environment for a very long period of time and it doesn't actually burn me out. I think that what we're really referring to underneath all of that is that we're saying non-sacrals are burning out because they're trying to meet this requirement to be responsive to society that they're trying to respond on social media and respond to text messages and respond to emails and respond to all of the people that you engage with throughout the day and respond to everybody in your relationships and respond to this kind of barrage of information that is constantly coming in at us, for even from um, like watching things. I, I get so angry when I'm watching Netflix and after a while Netflix says, are you still watching? I'm like, God damn it, Netflix, don't make me respond. <laughs> Everything in our societies is built on responsiveness. Even when we go to an appointment, we see that where we sit in the waiting room, we wait for the appointment and then somebody comes out and calls our name. So what are we doing? We're responding. And all of this is this heavy weight of responsiveness on non-sacral people who, remember, don't have consistent access to responding. We have inconsistent access, which means sometimes we can respond and other times we need really big breaks from responding, but our society doesn't really have the structure that allows us to do that. So manifestors are certainly part of that group. We're part of this non-sacral group that just is never going to be energetically great at responding. We're always going to find it very taxing, very tiring, and like it depletes us because it's not building up a battery's energy. It's taking away a battery's energy that is already functioning at a very low capacity anyway. But manifestors have this additional quality. Manifestors have the quote-unquote closed aura. Now, I've done a lot of teaching over this on, on this over the last year about kind of changing that terminology around the closed aura. Now, really, it's not closed. It's dense and it's protective and it's heavy. 
So we are kind of just as as open, really, again, quote unquote, open as everyone else. We can still feel other people's energy. They can feel our energy. We can still be empathic, all of those things. Um, but we refer to it as closed because it's very difficult for people to see through our energetic field because it's heavy. It's designed to either draw people in or push people out. It's protective. It's dense. It's like a thick fog, like a heavy curtain that people have to work to move through or that we have to work to to kind of keep open and make it visible. And that's what we're doing when we're informing. Having this quality of aura is designed for the purpose of keeping us independent right? Keeping us protected. The the closed aura for a manifester, the dense aura for a manifester is really about saying, hey, you're kind of meant to go on your own path. And we're going to give you this additional energetic quality that means that you're you're always a bit to the side. Right? You're always kind of moved off to the side, bit left of center. You know, you have no choice but to march to your own drum because you don't really energetically fit in easily. And that's exactly what it's meant for. Because if we were influenced readily by everyone around us all the time, we would never rest the way that we need to. We would never create vacuums in ourselves to bring through creative urges. We would never initiate those creative urges because we would be terrified of rejection. And we already are, right? But the volume of these things would be so much higher if we didn't have that thick energy blanket around us, kind of keeping us away from the norm, keeping us away from being pulled in to the current of society. One of the difficult things though, and there are several difficult things about having this this quality of energy, even though it's it's a wonderful thing and it's doing exactly what it's meant to do, it, it can be difficult to navigate. It can be very heavy to hold. And one of the aspects of that is that it adds this extra layer of making it very difficult for us to respond because we're not just working from an inconsistent sacral energy where we really don't have the energy available to to be responsive. It doesn't light us up. It drains us. But then we have this extra energetic taxing where to respond, we also have to push through our dense aura to be able to do it. So we receive these responses from outside as like an energetic assault to our aura. And then we have to navigate through that and push even harder to get the response back out because this is in oppositional force to what we are designed to do. This is why It's so common for manifestors to actually have a very nervous system, emotionally dysregulated response to responding. When we are pressed into a position where we have to respond a lot, and there are so many places where this happens, where um, maybe we have to fill out these like epically long questionnaires or forms. Maybe we work in an industry that requires a lot of responsiveness. Maybe we are engaged a lot in social media. Maybe you're a digital entrepreneur and you have to be in these responsive online spaces. Maybe you're a parent and you are responding to the needs and the demands and the vocal expressions of your children all day long. There are a lot of places that manifestors are involved in where the demand for responsiveness is really, really high. And we're actually not in much of a position to be able to say, "Mm, yo, I'm just not much of a responder. So (laughs) peace out. I'm not responding, right? In some aspects, 
um, we have to navigate that game. We have to navigate these thresholds for ourselves. This means we get tired and we also get really, really dysregulated when we have to respond. So I've been experimenting with this a little bit with my littlest manifester because he's only 10 and because he's like so unconditioned, right? I'm a very conditioned manifester and, and working hard to kind of remove that condition conditioning, sorry, as I keep going through my life. But, you know, he's quite unconditioned at this point, which is a beautiful thing. And so a lot of his responses are just uh, uh, very pure. So I experiment with like how many questions can I ask him before he's reached his tolerance. And I swear to you guys, it's probably three or four. <laughs> I mean, on a good day, we might get five questions. <laughs> on a bad day, we don't even get one question. He will not respond. He hates it. His whole system locks. He gets angry. He has this like reaction to the experience because as I said, it's an assault on our energy. We receive that like somebody has slapped our energy field and said, do this thing that I want you to do. And we think, but I don't, I'm not interested in doing that. I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm here for. This is going to take me a lot of energy to even do this. And for what purpose? For what purpose? Just to keep you happy, <laughs> right? So this is common. This is absolutely normal for manifestors. And it is something that we have to move through. But what occurs is that we kind of broaden out that concept a little bit too far, I think. We say... Look, because we know that as manifestors, it's nearly impossible to be a responsive being. It's nearly impossible to meet these response standards that come as part of society. And even though we can measure all of these ways where we reduce our responsiveness, it's still a high response society. And it's still going to be difficult for us to respond. And yes, that is going to be a theme for us. That does not actually mean that we are not responding in healthy ways, in correct places to other things. It's not like manifestors don't have the ability to respond at all. It's not like it's never, ever, ever good for a manifestor to respond. If it was like that, I mean, we'd basically be monks right? We would be sitting in silence. It would be like being in a perpetual, like silent yoga retreat where the only thing that, that we're hearing and engaging with is our internal dialogue. But one could argue that even that's responding, right? We're responding to ourselves. And maybe the idea of like a permanent silent yoga retreat for your life sounds pretty good. <laughs> There are some days when I think that would be awesome. When my kids have asked me 5,000 questions, I'm, I'm thinking that a silent yoga retreat would actually be pretty brilliant. But the manifestor is designed to speak. The manifestor is designed to use our voice. We are designed to initiate, to manifest, to create, to bring life through our voice. The manifestor words make worlds, right? So silence is not really the answer for us. And I think that if we continue to apply this very broad teaching of like, oh, manifestors are not here to respond in any way, we're, we're cutting out this one area of understanding here because to truly not respond in any way, we would need to be silent individuals because we are like responsive energetic vessels who live in a responsive society. So 
What are the ways that it is actually healthy for a manifester to respond? Are we genuinely, utterly, completely non-responsive beings? Or are we just responding in different ways to how everyone else is responding? Even amongst our projectors, we see that our projectors are responding to invitations. Even though they're non-sacral, they're responding to energetic invitations and that's very aligned for them. Our reflectors are responding to the energetic journey of the collective and the environment around them. They are not responding in the traditional way, but they are certainly responding to energetic rhythms and patterns and they are producing wisdom. That's their role. That's very, very healthy for them to do. So even though they're non-sacrals, they are responding in these healthy ways. The same is true of manifestors. However, our responsiveness is very much not an external thing. Our responsiveness almost pulls in the opposite direction to the rest of society. We're not responding to other people or to things that are already in existence. We're not responding to what is happening in the world or to what people are bringing to us. We are responding to what has not yet been born. We are pulling in the opposite direction energetically. So yes, we are responding, but we are responding to things that exist in another space things that do not yet exist in the world. And there are a lot of different ways to refer to this. I say this super frequently. It doesn't matter what theology you apply to this. If it resonates with you to say, hey, a manifest of drawing things through into the world is doing it because God handed it to them, um, because their guides brought it to them, because it's ancestral lineage, you know, they're being looked after by an energetic team of ancestors, whether it's universe, whether it's source, whether it's um, different levels of consciousness moving from the, the 5D or even other realms, all of these things apply. And that's really not a semantic that matters in any of our conversations. So go with the theology that fits for you and your identity. For me, I resonate very strongly with source energy. I believe that there is a benevolent energetic source that is about love and that is driving all of us towards growth and towards harmony and towards transformation. And we each play a role in that. And so we interact with that source energy differently. As manifestors, we interact with that source energy. And I'm just going to use source because it's easier language for me personally to use. But we interact with that source energy by responding to it. That's where we are responding. When source brings things to us as manifestors, it's saying, here's the thing that you need to respond to at this present moment. Maybe what we're responding to is the nudge to rest. Maybe we're responding to the nudge to heal within that rest, which is in fact a very strong preparation for an upcoming creative cycle. If you ever have a healing rest cycle, you know you're creating a huge container in yourself to bring something forth with the next creative cycle, even though the healing rest cycles are tough. I feel you. 
And maybe sometimes what that source energy is bringing through is saying it's time to create this. Thus, we receive our creative urges. These can be micro urges. They can be macro urges. We have a whole podcast episode on that. If you scroll back, it's from about a year ago. It's called Macro versus Micro Initiations. It's a really, really helpful podcast. Our urges are pieces of data from source. It's an energetic impulse. It's a messaging system coming through to us from this energetic space that we can't see and nobody else can see, but we have a very sensitive, intimate relationship with it that other people do not have. Why? Because we have a protective aura, because we are protected from being influenced from all of these outside energies that are flicking around and floating around and creating noise and chaos in the rest of the collective, we are separated from that. And it allows us this space of silence where we can hear what is being brought through to us through energetic messages. When source brings us the impulse to rest, when source brings us the impulse to initiate a creative urge, when source brings us the impulse to open our mouths and speak, to create and to initiate, these are all things that we are responding to. We have autonomy in all of this. We can say, no, that's my response. No, I'm not doing it. And guess what? Manifestors are incredibly good at saying no. And we're often doing ourselves a huge disservice by saying no to these messages. No, I'm not going to rest. No, I'm not going to initiate that creative urge. No, 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 no. When actually these are the healthiest, most powerful places for us to be responding to. If we can come into right relationship with responding, knowing that we have this reserved response process that is designed to be kept intimate and kept special and, yes, kept protected and safe to allow us to respond when that energetic message comes through from source, we will find that that response yields incredible impact in our own lives and also in the lives of everybody around us. We are responsive beings as manifestors. We just respond differently to how everybody else does. And we're responding well ahead of time on the timeline than everyone else is. By the time we have initiated something, by the time we have, let's take the creative urge example, by the time we've initiated a creative urge and we've built it out and we've informed and we've brought it into the world and everybody is aware of it, we are days, weeks or months past the time when we have done our responding. Our responding. We respond to source energy before anything is even brought to life. We respond to source energy before we've really even made a decision about what we're doing. And then that allows the trajectory to open up so that we go ahead and we initiate it and we inform and we bring it to the world. And then guess what? Everyone else then starts responding to us. The generators and the manifesting generators respond to what we've created. The projectors respond to the invitation that it is presented to them. The reflectors respond to how it is impacting everybody around the collective and around society. You see, we're all 
responding. But if a manifester is not in right relationship with that responding, if we are putting all of our responsive energy into just trying to keep up with all of the responsive demands of society, and as I've said, to a certain degree, we have to accommodate that. To a certain degree, we we do have to kind of take that energetic hit, take that energetic toll and learn to manage it in the healthiest way possible because we do live in a responsive world. So yes, we are way less responsive than the average person, but we do need to learn some ways of being responsive. The manifestor allowing ourselves to respond in these healthy ways means that we are drawing back from responding in all of these unhealthy ways. And that's going to look unique for you and for your situation. Here at the Manifesto community, one of the things that we do is that we don't have our DMs open. So we don't respond in DMs anymore because that was taking a really big responsive tax out of us. We don't respond to requests for content or products because, again, it takes a huge energetic toll out of us to initiate other people's ideas and other people's desires instead of initiating it from our own energetic pool. Um, we have delayed responses on things like our emails. So you'll see when you email us, there's an automatic bounce back that has like, here's all these frequently asked questions. If what you're emailing us about is one of these questions, we will not respond. (laughs) We're reducing our responsiveness across the board because we understand that responding so much in which business is a demand that requires response. And so we're not cutting it out. We're just reducing it down. Because in reducing that response, it allows us to reserve our responsive energy to go to the healthy responsive places. If we're caught up in this noise of responding to people, responding to their desires, responding to their complaints, responding to their feedback, um, you know, res- responding to all of the patterns and all of the projections and all of the things that are going on, then we have no energy left to respond to that energetic message. We also have no quietness available to even hear those energetic messages. And one way to make a manifesto burn out and crumble really hard and really fast is to make them respond like everybody else and cut off their source. That's how a manifesto becomes a non-manifesto. That's how a manifesto becomes angry and resentful and wounded and in some cases even traumatized. There are healthy ways for us to respond, guys, but we need to protect that and we need to grow that relationship and we need to get that balance better. (laughs) We need to get that balance in more harmony. I would so encourage you to start thinking about and reflecting on where you are responding in your life. One of the tasks that I did for myself, one of these little challenges that I did years and years ago when I was kind of going through a lot of deconditioning and I realized I was getting so angry and so tired from responding is that for a week every day, I would just note down just a little tally check mark. I would note down in this little notepad every time I responded to something outside of me. Every time I responded to my kids, every time I responded to a text message, every time I responded on social media, right? And I was finding that I was responding upwards of 250 times a day. And of course, on the days when I did a lot of responding, those were the days when I was physically drained and when I felt like I could not even hear my inner voice, let alone connect to it. Noting those areas where I was responding so much gave me the ability 
to start reducing some of those areas. And in turn, what it created was a much bigger capacity to start responding to those energetic messages. Because yes, there was quiet. Yes, there was peace. And yes, I actually had the ability to respond to those instead of just being wiped out from responding to everybody else. Because let's be frank, even when a manifester does respond to somebody else, that's a huge energetic gift for us to give. And they don't appreciate that. Because for them, responding is normal. If you've got any kind of generator or manifesting generator in your life, you'll know that. (laughs) they, They respond like it's oxygen and they will demand responses of us without even knowing what they're asking of us. Responding is a really key part of your manifester journey. And I really, really, really do implore you to start paying attention to it because this is one of those cornerstones of being a manifester and it's not as simple as I'm just a non-responsive being I'm going to stop responding it's a lot more complex than that and when we can tap into that complexity and exist within that and and find this kind of individual way that we exist within that in healthy ways it opens up whole new worlds for us okay before I go letting you guys know that we are in the midst right now of a temporary 20% off sale for our Manifesto Mastery program and certification. The reason that we're doing this for a short period of time, we've got it up, I think for just shy of two weeks, we've got 20% off is because we are about to archive that product and make changes to it. So we're informing you all in advance. There are changes coming. The format of it is going to look a little bit different. The way that we we um, have access to it is going to look a little bit different. And if it's something that you have been wanting to invest in, either at the program level, which is just study for your own your own growth, or whether it's at the certification level, which is to study to be certified as a human design and a gene keys reader and become a listed reader on our readership platform, then this is a great opportunity to do it in its current format. 20% off saves you a lot of money, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of money. In fact, in the certification, this saves you over $1,000. So, If this is something that you have been wanting to invest in, maybe you were planning that 2024 was the year that you were going to do it. Now is an incredible time to get access to that. Um, Otherwise, it's going to be archived for a little bit and then we're going to bring it out with its new changes and you can assess it from there and see if that is something that you still feel is correct for you to invest in. All of the details are in our show notes. The links and everything are in our show notes. If this is something that you have been playing around with, that you have been thinking about, now is the time to enter your decision-making process. Um, Listen to your ego voice as it speaks out. Get quiet and listen to your spleen. Start riding your emotional wave. Now is the time. You have been informed. Okay, that is a wrap for today. Everybody, go forth and respond in healthy ways. We are here to listen to any of your feedback and any of your insights from this episode and we'll be thrilled to hear how any response experiments that you enter yourself into pan out for you. Thank you for being here, listening as always, and until next time, keep hunting for purpose. 
Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.